defends from dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyf, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shander Earl, and Earl is in again. Oh, stop it, it's starting to hurt. Rugby League! Rugby League! Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the SC Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Joining me as usual this week is 2019 Supercoach champion, Desi Creek. Des, how are you, mate? Yeah, going well as always, Timmy. Um, pretty busy at work, um, but as a Supercoach, it's the same old story. Average round scored 1170, which would have looked something like 1300 if I had Kalen Ponga, but I just keep missing those big scores, which you just can't afford to do. If you want to rise in the ranks, we'll stay atop them. Des, we come back here every week and say the same thing. You've had a decent round, but you missed that big player. You've missed him all year. Um, the same thing's happened in the last couple of weeks. I think it was no Cleary last week, no Ponga this week. It's killing you. Yeah, it's just, it's just one of those years. I used all my luck up last year. And also joining us tonight, very special guest tonight, uh, first time on the show, SC Playbook contributor. It's Adam DeRussi, the stat magician, Supercoach Gun. Adam, how are you, mate? Very well, thanks, Tim, and thanks, uh, thanks for having me, mate. And um, g'day to Des. I mean, you can't complain too much about using up his luck last year. You did, you did manage to win it. So <laughs> I, I'll take a, I would take a win one year and then uh, un- unlucky the following season. But uh, yeah, no, happy to be here, boys. I get uh, I get uh, messages from Des about his same game multis. He has these mad ten league multis that miss by one every week, and there's no sympathy for him. It's just like <laughs> after you won the big cash last year after winning, there's just no sympathy at all. So <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Um, Adam, mate, for anyone who doesn't know much about your articles or any of that, you've been uh, writing stats pieces for us throughout the year, largely based around uh, the ownership of players. Obviously, the the NRL Supercoach site itself has ownership of players but you're able to break it down into players owned by the top 100 supercoach players the top 5,000 top 10,000 all that mate tell us a little bit about uh, your background in stats and your supercoach history as well because you've had some pretty big years yeah sure mate so um just a little bit about my background so uh, I'm an actuary by background so a lot of people probably won't know what that means but it means I was always really good at maths at school and then did a, a very quant degree uh and then I um, so I worked as an actor for many years and I, now I run a data analytics company. So I run a company with about 800 people doing this sort of work, you know, analytics in, at scale. Um, love Supercoach. It's my passion. So that's what I love spending my spare time on, um, that, and, that and sports gambling. Uh, <laughs> You're uh, in the right place. <laughs> yeah. So, so I've gone to yeah. Supercoach. Like the last few years, I think I've come top 100 a few times. Um, last year I was hovering around the top 10 for a decent chunk of it and then ended up I think I came thirty second because Nathan Cleary got one hundred and seventy in the last round, and a whole bunch of people captained him overtook me. But um, got frustrated over the years looking at those player ownership percentages, and people would be talking about this player is owned by thirty percent of teams, and they're a pod and all this sort of stuff. And yet every team I would look at would own that player. So if you pick someone like Payne Haas this year, you know, if you look at the overall stats, it says he's owned by fifty percent of teams. Yet I've never seen a team that doesn't have Payne Haas. So. I started um, trying to do some analysis to work out, well, what is the actual ownership and ended up, to be honest, just getting a guy who works for me in, in India to uh, scrape the side <laughs> of the top 20,000 teams, actually just pull out the information for me and put in a spreadsheet so I could then pull together some pretty basic data analysis. I know other people think it's fancy but pretty basic for us of just 
then looking at for each player, what is their actual ownership, um, you know, for the top 100 teams, for the top 500 teams, for the top 10,000, whatever it might be, just to understand uh, where the players are, pods or not, and, uh, yeah, suit my strategy accordingly. And then as I started posting stuff online about it, I knew people were interested, so I thought, oh, I could actually contribute this to other people rather than just use it myself. So, yeah, that's, that's how it came about. Yeah, nice, mate. And the, the response to the articles have been enormous. Like, it is such valuable information. Desi, I, I know it helped you a fair bit last year. Yeah, yeah. I met Adam on the uh, the Supercoach Talk forums last year, and, like, he, what he was posting it definitely just caught my eye straight away since I was in first place. Like, his breakdowns of the top-ranked teams are just so, like, helpful in deciding my next moves and how to sort of mitigate risk, which is what it's all about when you're coming first, I guess. Um, and luckily in those last few weeks, actually, um, I had him in my corner and he was sending me some emails with breakdowns similar to the ones he's doing right now for SC Playbook. So, yeah, I definitely have to attribute my getting over the line partly to him. So, cheers for that again, Adam. Oh, no worries. I think, I think you're overstating a little bit, mate. You, you did have a pretty good lead at that point. So, I think you uh, you did it yourself. But, yeah, happy to, happy to help anyway, man. I was glad you won. As, uh, <laughs> Poor old, poor old Walson, who finished runner-up last year and writes for us. He's sitting there listening to this, just going, oh, "I hate, I hate both of you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Walson, I didn't know you, mate. So I didn't, yeah. I didn't have anything against you personally. <laughs> um, uh, I forgot to mention the the mighty Kuma Stallions twelve fifty four last week into fifty five fifty fifth place overall. Um, bit of a drop from last week. Robbed of a Kurt Man try assist and line break assist, but I won't be bitter about that. I've had a few good things going my way this year. Um, our topic for this week, we're actually going to delve into a couple of our Adam's stats, which he's been done well enough to get them up so quickly this week. Um, if you haven't had a look at them, check on, jump on the site and um, have a read of the article because it is a belter. Um, the new one will be up probably either tonight or probably more likely Wednesday at some point. Um, so, Adam, we'll just have a general chat about it and then people can have a look at the article in their own time. But and anyone who's who's caught your eye this week, who's you know sort of well owned in the top one hundred, who surprises you, or really low ownership, who you think are really good pod players going forward. I know you mentioned off air that um, John Bateman was one who's pretty low ownership but very high in the top one hundred. Yeah, there's a few Tim. Um, if I start with John Bateman, it was it was interesting. Obviously, I saw some teams bringing him in last week just on the overall stats. And if you if you look at the Supercoach side, I think it says that he's owned by five percent of teams, but if you look at the top 100 teams, he's owned by 40%. So he's a good example of, I think I saw him in your team, mate, where you might think it's a POD having him there, but actually 40% of the top 100 teams have already got him and about 28% of the top 1,000. So he's less of a POD than you might think. So so say more, more teams have got him than they've got Tohu Harris or got Jake Trebojevic or Cameron Murray or any of these guys. So so he was one that jumped out that was a bit surprising. Um Jazz to Varga, he's, his ownership went through the roof. I think last week he was at 1%. Now he's at 17% in the top 20,000. So he was he was very popular. Um, Katoni Staggs, he, he went, I think, from 3% to 20%. So wow. I expect his new owners were um, disappointed with his, his return in week one. Um, yeah, they're probably the main ones that jumped out. Hooker was interesting as well. I was surprised that Api Coruscant went up so much. I thought maybe teams would kind of look to either Cook or one of the other guys. I can see a lot of teams have moved McInnes into Hooker just from looking at the stats here. So you've kind of now got almost an even number of teams owning either Smith, Grant, Cook and Coruscant. So that's um, 
Interesting. Mm. I'm surprised Coruscant's so popular. I can understand there's a cash cow at the start of the year he was, but I, I don't know. I wouldn't have him in my top two hookers at this point, but um, other teams differ. Yeah, yeah. well, that's the one I was actually going to ask you about was Cookie because I brought him in last week with a fair bit of confidence and, as we know now, he, he flopped pretty hard. I was able to switch McInnes to hooker. Um, it shows the importance of that dual position flexibility. That, that was massive for me last week. But, yes, to, to know that, um, you know, Cookie's only owned by sort of a third of the top teams, there is a bit of pot in him and we know how big Cook can go, so I'm pretty happy about that. Um Having not looked at this week's article yet, I've looked into last week's article and just a couple that caught my eye that mm. were pretty big interest for me. Um, Des loves his antipods, these really uh, popular players that everyone has. You know, you're paying hassles, you're Jason Tamalolos, guys like that who you sell off in a pod play of its own. And Zach Glomax was one for me who I cashed out at about 500K just before the Dragons hit form. <laughs> Zach Glomax in the top 1,000, 86% ownership last week. Um, which is massive number. So the Dragons have a pretty nice run coming up after this week, but I think I'm in a death ride, Zach Lomax, for the rest of the year. Um, I could backtrack on that real quickly. DCE with Tommy Turbo out, who's, who's averaging about 76. He's 1% ownership, pretty enticing there. Um, Joshy Papali in the front row in the top 1,000 teams, owned by 10%. We know how big he can go as well. Mm. And then the other two that are really inter- intriguing me this week um, are Josh Mansour and Stephen Crichton at the Panthers with their run home. Um, they're twenty in, owned by twenty five percent of the top one thousand, which you know certainly not a pod, but that's a lot of owners who don't own them too. So I'm looking at possibly one of them too this week. Anyway, but yeah, check out um, Adam's article this week. Great read, and hopefully you can get a few things out of it, um, guys. If you are interested in our interested in our subscription package, we are getting towards the back end of the year. There's only about seven or eight rounds left. We've dropped the price uh, of the NRL package to twenty dollars, um, and then the Big Bash and NRL package together is thirty dollars if interested. Uh, we did have a couple of donations uh, from podcast listeners and such last week, which are very grateful for that. Then people know who they are. Um, if you were in a position to jump on and flick a donation, there is a, a little spot in the article on the website. If not, we hope you continue to enjoy all the content. Guys, let's get into the nitty-gritty of it. The team's analysis, they've just dropped. And for the first time in a long time, just about all season, uh, I there were no sort of major, major shocks in the team list. I couldn't believe it. Um, got through them so quickly this week. So let's get stuck into it. Thursday night, 7.50 p.m. at the Sydney Cricket Ground. It's the Roosters versus the Storm. Uh, look, it should be a blockbuster. It would be hyped as it, but there's a lot of key players missing. For the Roosters, Josh Morris is back from a calf injury at centre, allowing Mitch Orbison to return to the back row. Nat Butcher benched. Max Bailey's out. None of Jared Warrior Hargreaves, Boyd Corden, Angus Crichton or Brett Morris return this week, although halfback Kyle Flanagan is a chance after being named in the 21. Really surprised that none of them guys are back. It shows that, you know, they weren't just being rested. They're actually injured. We knew they had um, we knew they had lingering issues and a few things, but I thought this might have been the week they were ready to get them back for the Storm game. At the Storm, Ryan Pappenhausen, Dale Finucane returned from rests. Riley Jack starts at 5'8 for the injured Cameron Munster. Tino Fasua Malawi finally got that name right, and Nico Hines revert to the bench, and Chris Lewis drops out of the 17. Um, Des, despite the inju- in, uh, inju- injuries, there's still some pretty significant supercoach names. Who do you like and dislike in this one? Yeah, yeah, massive game. Um, I think if the Roosters are going to win it, it'll be back, off the back of Tedesco. Um, they just need him in the game more around the rock like they were in the opening few rounds. Um, I suspect Robbo's just been saving him the last few rounds for games like this, given the amount of injuries we've seen to big-name players this year. 
Um, it's not really a must-win game for either side, so I think they might actually just take it easy on each other and maybe grind it out in a close one. But for Supercoach's sake, I think it's good for guys like Taukeaho um, and all the other sort of relevant forwards. Uh, I'd be interesting to see um, the, the stats on TKO in the, in the top 100 there um, last week, Deucey. Um But, yeah, no real interest in the outside backs in this game for me. I expect the defense to be pretty tight on the edges for both teams. But, yeah, if Teddy can exploit some tied forwards late in the game, I think the Roosters can get over the line and beat Melbourne in this one. Yeah, it'll be very interesting Desi, you spoke about Takiaho last week and we were talking about the goal-kicking duties and how we thought that Teddy, while Takiaho was off, would get those goal-kicking duties even if it was for sort of 20, 25 minutes. And you said, nah, Takiaho plays 80 minutes. And I, I said you were dreaming. Mate, he played the 80 minutes. Um, now with those guys all still out, he's got to be a pretty serious buy, doesn't he? Yeah, he definitely does. I think he's almost a must-have um, unless Flanagan comes back in. But even then, he's he's still a good buy. He's he'll still crank out seventies for you. I think I think you've got him in your team, don't you, um, Adam? Yeah, mate. I brought him in uh, three weeks ago, and the first two weeks I was a bit disappointed because he, he looked like he was going to score tries in both of them. In fact, one of them he looked like he was going to score twice, and he just didn't quite get there. But I, I thought I'm still happy to have him in the side. But yeah, last week when he got the goal kicking and got the eighty minutes, I just thought he was a beast. So he's still only owned by six percent of the top hundred. Only six percent of the top twenty thousand. So to me, he's he's uh, probably close to the best POD out there in my personal opinion because I just think he's got such a high ceiling as a front row forward, especially with the goal kicking. So I, yeah, I, I would be. Well, I've already brought him in, so I don't want other people to bring him in. But I would think he's going to be pretty popular. Yeah, and it's uh, it's one thing, Adam, that I very much agree with in your articles, among a few things. But I like <clears throat> we have the exact same opinion on front rowers and and having ceilings on them. So. You know, people look at guys like uh, David Clemmers and, to a less degree, Aidan Tolman, first guy off the top of my head. But yeah. um, these guys who score really well and punch out, Regan Campbell-Gillard's a good one, who score you 65-70 to 75. But, you know, unless they score a very rare try, which might happen once or twice a season, they don't have these tons in them. Mm. Um, guys like Takiaho do, Josh Papali. So, you know, they're the guys you've got to be looking at as your pods, don't you? Well, mate, you mentioned Papali. I mean, you just look at the look at the last six weeks in the Broncos and how many they've conceded, how many tries they've conceded to front rowers and second rowers. I haven't got the stats in front of me, but just watching the games, they've been absolutely awful. Mm. So I would have thought Papali could go huge against the Broncos. He. He could easily score. And once he scores, he goes over 100. So, yeah, I would think he'd be another pretty juicy option this week against the Bronx. Yeah. And are you a Cam Munster owner? Uh, yeah, well, continuing my luck this season, I brought him in last week for the first time. Uh, I got <laughs> 65 minutes out of him. Or whatever I got, that even less, 55. Uh, yeah. Now I'm stuffed because I've, I've got enough at uh, my other 5'8 position. So, I actually now I have to trade him out this week to get someone else in just to feel the 17. So I think I'm going to have to bring in a Dylan Brown, which I'm not particularly excited about. Yeah, it's tough. Des, do you own Munster? I don't know. I've got Dylan Brown. I'd be excited to bring him in. He's he's looking dangerous. Sean Lane outside him, and uh, I think he's just he's in sublime form. I think he's guiding the Eels around more so than Moses is. Yeah, it's it's really tough. So 
I was hoping to get a little bit more clarity from you boys there on your opinion, but Desi doesn't own. Adam has to sell. Um, I've got him there, and I don't really need to urgently sell him because the squad's pretty well set up at the moment, but the word is he's out for two to three weeks. And I'm a little bit like Adam. I, I'm not convinced on the other halves. Dylan Brown's pretty safe, but I've got SJ and um, Cleary there, so I'm pretty happy just to run with those two and happy to hold Munster for a few weeks um, pending any late team, team changes this week. But... I think if you're in a position to hold Cam Munster to do it, if you've got sort of 18, maybe 19 guns there, um, but a lot of us won't be in that position, in which case he's probably a sell, barring any yeah, information we get later on in the week there. Mate, if I was you, that's exactly what I'd be doing. I just don't have a choice because I've got Johnson yeah. back up halfback. Um, but if I was you, I'd do exactly the same. I, I just, I think the three top halves are pretty clear in the pack. Um, 79% of the top 100 own him, so like everyone's in the same boat, mate, so... Um, I'd just be sitting and, and I'd be upgrading a second row or something instead. Yeah, exactly right. And I've got, as I said, I've got Madison who I've held for a few weeks. He's back this week, so that takes a bit of pressure off. So I mm. think months is a hold for me. Moving on to the Warriors and Panthers, Friday 6pm at Central Coast Stadium. The Warriors finally got a little bit of stability in their outfit on a week-to-week basis after what's been a very tough year for them. It's really good to see. Uh, Jack Hetherington's suspension opens the door for Lachlan Bird to move from the bench into the starting side. Isaiah Papali'i is the new man in the interchange. And Penrith unchanged after last week's win over the Raiders. Uh, Desi, a few things going on here. Mate, Penrith run home is a dream, so I'll be targeting them players pretty hard. Who do you like in this one? Yeah, the Warriors have certainly look, looked pretty good over the last few weeks, but I just don't see them overcoming this mountain of a Penrith team. Um, Penrith has just been playing with insane amounts of intensity and speed. When you just watch the games themselves, they're all charging up off the line in defense. They run hard, zero errors pretty much. They look like a team who really wants to win the comp this year, and I'd say Nathan Cleary will be a pretty popular captain choice this week given his recent form. Um, which should also lead to points for the outside backs like Crichton and Mansour. Um, for the Warriors, Tohu and Jazz, pretty solid 70s in base for each, I'd say. Um, I've still got Tuovasa Shek as a pod fullback, which hasn't been too pleasing to watch over the last few weeks, but maybe he might step up his game for a game like this against the competition leaders. can only hope. Mate, surely you're going RTS to Ponga this week. <laughs> no, I'm not. I've I've got to get uh I've got to get um uh, I've got other trades that I've got to do. You are I'm, a I'm, I'm bringing in Brimson. Player. Brimson's coming in. I'm going for a massive pod move. Mate, you you're having a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. Um Adam, who do you like in this one? And in particular, I'd like to get your thoughts on Jazz Tavanga, who you know, we know how good his base is, but still only played the 50 or 52 minutes there, which is, I think, as a prospective owner, is a bit of a concern. Yeah, I'd agree with that, mate. I think, I mean, this is probably one of the most super coach relevant games of the weekend because there are so many Panthers that everyone has in their team. And even the Warriors, for all of their kind of, um, kind of expecting them to go poorly, they've got three second rowers that are pretty – Heavily owned now. Like Tohu Harris is owned by 30% of the top 100. Um, Jazz Tavaga is owned by 16%. Katoa is owned by you know, nearly 30% of the top 10,000. So there's a lot of relevance there. I'm with you on, on Jazz. I, I, if he was playing 80 minutes, he'd be a must. But I'm going to I'm gonna antipod him and hope that he gets 50 minutes and rolls an ankle or does something crazy. Uh, I just I just can't have him when he's playing 50 minutes, even though he's, his point per minute is so high. Uh, I, I think... 
as Des said, I suspect Cleary will be the most popular captain this week. He's just going he's going nuts in any game, let alone this game. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I – I actually think Teddy could be the, the pod captain of the week because I think so many people are going to go Cleary. But, yeah, um, I like it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to go yeah. to the Panthers and score a pretty big here. Yeah, before um, the none of the Roosters pack you, JWH, Crichton, Corden and all that, I thought sort of a few of them would be back this week and I was really thinking, all right, the Roosters will be up for this one. They'll have been looking at this game for a few weeks now. Teddy becomes a pod captain on Thursday night and I was going to do it. Mm. Now that they, them blokes haven't been named, I'm worried that they won't have to go forward. But I, know, I was sweating on... Uh... I was sweating on Crichton getting selected because he's down to 4% ownership and I thought, well, if I could pick up Crichton, he could become a pod, but uh, no, no Crichton, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, two that I'm really, really considering, I touched on it before, were Josh Mantle, Stephen Crichton, very different super coaches, play, yeah, super coach players. Mantle's the base stat beast. Crichton is the ball hog, but not much of a base stat player. Base stat player relies a lot on tries, which he continues to get and is based on ability. He's a weapon. You know, he's playing outside that gun, Panthers um, pack and, you know, Nathan Cleary, Jerome Luai. Boys, I'm a bit torn. Um, Desi, if you had to go Mansour or Crichton, keeping in mind Mansour's, I think, roughly 100K cheaper, who would you go? I'd go Mansour. I just think he's he's due for a few meat pies. He really is. I mean, Crichton's he's going to pass at some stage. He can't continually just keep running himself. He'll have to pass at one stage or another, and Mansell will go over. I like mm. him much more. I've had him from the start, and I've been pretty happy with him. Yeah. What about you, Adam? Mate, look, I've had Josh from the start as well. So Des and I have been the same here. We've both been riding Mansell all season, and he has been pretty good. I've got to say, though, I, I, I think Stephen Crichton looks pretty exceptional. Like, if I could mm. swap him for Stephen Crichton right now without having to trade, I, I probably would. Um, I think the biggest issue for Mansell is – between Crichton and Kikau, he just doesn't get the ball enough. Like it, it, I know he does. He gets the base points from his dummy half runs and stuff. But yeah. between Kikau and Crichton, they're scoring before it even goes to Mansell. So in some ways, Crichton's Mansell's biggest problem. But look, I think either of them would be good this week. But I, if I had to choose between one of them right now, I'd, I'd probably choose Crichton actually. Right, well, that hasn't helped me at all. But thank you anyway, fellas. I've got I've got your article up from last week. Mansell was twenty percent ownership in the top hundred. Crichton sixteen. Um, which very similar numbers sort of in the top 500 and then top 1,000. Mm. Oh, I'm leaning the wall towards the way of Mansour, but uh, it's a bit of a throw-up, so I'm not too sure at the moment, to be honest. Um, moving on from that game, Friday, 7.55 p.m., Bankwest Stadium, Eels versus Dragons. It is meant to be dry in Sydney at the moment uh, for Friday's clashes. A bit of rain coming through on Saturday by the looks of it, drying up on Sunday, but obviously this will change throughout the week. At Parramatta, Ryan Madison returns from concussion in the back row. Excellent news for me and plenty of uh, those who held on to Madison. Murata Niakora drops to the bench and Andrew Davey to 18th man. At the Dragons, shock, surprise, Corey Norman has been recalled at 5'8". Shifting Ben Hunt to hooker and Cam McInnes to lock with the suspended Jackson Ford out. Another spine reshuffle just to change things up for them. Tyrell Fuimaono starts in the back row following a shot injury to Tarek Sims. Trent Merrin is also out with Corbin Sims and Jacob Host, the new faces on the pine. Uh, Des, thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, you'd have to expect the Eels to win this one pretty comfortably, but they've been pretty hard to gauge over the like the last few weeks. Like, so have the Dragons for that matter. Both teams have been playing in some pretty horrid conditions against some subpar opponents, you'd have to say. So you never know. The Dragons might sneak it, but I just I really love the Dylan Brown, Sean Lanedge combination at Para. 
I think it'll be really interesting to see how they handle Lomax defensively and how he handles them in attack since there's so much talk about Lomax um, being a shoe-in for New South Wales centre this year. Um, I think Paulo will bounce back this week with a big score because he sort of had to put the offload away last week in those torrential conditions. So I expect he'll be back. McGuinness and Maddo, probably owned by most teams. They'll be safe 70 base, you'd have to think. Not much else, though. Yeah, there's a few interesting ones. Madison, I think plenty would have sold Madison, but um, barring a big score this week, he's going to plummet in cash. So if he gets to the next couple of weeks without any HIA issues, he'll be so cheap for people to pick up. We know he's one of the best players in Supercoach. Um, I do like the idea of Jennings defending on um, on Lomax, who, as I said, I'm anti-potting him at the moment. Um, that's more out of just being stubborn as well. Although Sevo's on that wing, so anything could happen there. Uh, um, Adam, who do you like in this one? Oh, man, I like, in terms of winning the game, I like the Eels. I think Madison, I'm just glad that they're playing Friday night so we'll actually know whether he's going to play or not because, so to give an idea, his ownership's gone from 69% in the top 20,000 to 54%. So he's actually getting down to the point now where half the teams don't have him. So actually, if he can play and he can go like he was at the start of the season, um, that's still handy if half the teams don't have him. So I'm hoping that Madison... Goes well. Um, McInnes' ownership is right up. He's now 85% of the top 100. Well, so kind of doesn't almost matter whether he goes a good, any good or not because everyone's got him. Um, so, yeah, I hope Madison goes well. I, I don't have a lot of interest in the game. I, I, well, maybe I will if I've got Dylan Brown, by the way, before Friday night, so I probably yeah. will. But uh, some people bought Mitch Moses. I reckon they're pretty brave. I just don't rate him that highly as super coach player. I know he had a good season last year, but... Uh, yeah, not not a massive amount of interest. I, I think Des is right about Paulo. I reckon when he's on, he's he's on, and he could be this week. Um, yeah, but it's all about Ryan Madison for me. Yeah, um, I'm with you, boys. I like Paulo. There's not much not to like. I think he was only about 54 last week, um, but that was just irrelevant in those those wet conditions against the Sharkies. He still managed to offload twice, which I thought was something, but he definitely put that arm away in, in the weather. Um He's a guy that I probably would have got either him or Papali for Carrigan, but we'll get to the Broncos more later. With TPJ now gone, um, Carrigan's probably not much of an issue at the moment. Um, Cam McInnes, I like him back at lock um, with Ben Hunt moving back to hooker. Just brings his running game into it a lot more. Potentially makes a few less tackles, but he's still defending in the middle. So logically speaking, that shouldn't really change, but it just gives the chance for more offloads, more tackle busts, um, that sort of thing. So, but as you said, massive ownership for McKinnis, so not much of a pod play, but he's a serious, serious super coach player. Mm. Interesting one here. Sharks v Titans, Saturday, 3 p.m. at Jubilee Stadium. Hopefully the wet weather stays away um, for all of us, all players that own Sharks players, but they're pretty irrelevant outside SJ, who is another guy I'm considering as a bit of a left-field captaincy option with his form. At the Sharks, Jack Repl- Williams replaces Teague Wilton on the bench. Toby Rudolph is named to start as usual despite coming off the bench on game days. The Titans are unchanged after last week's big win over the Cowboys. Uh, Desi, I'll start with you. Not a heap of super coach interest going on in this one. We all know what SJ is capable of. Um, they've got a pretty decent run home, the Sharks, so I think he remains a good option. Um, probably the only other real couple of maybe the Cronulla wingers and AJ Brimson you're keen on um, I'll get to it in a sec but I'm not that keen on Brimson talk, talk us through that yeah I, I don't know what to expect result wise from this game but there's going to be a lot of points I'm pretty sure um, the Titans have been playing fairly well recently 
they finally sort of worked out a method in how to spread the ball effectively and like hide hide how they're spreading it because we know that their their game plan is just spread the ball constantly. Um, pretty much a similar style to the way the Sharks play, in fact. But yeah, I agree with you. In, in if you're expecting a regression from the Titans this week, Sean Johnson is he is a perfectly feasible captain option in this game. He's in really good form. Um, has been one of the most consistent halves all season alongside Clear- Cleary. But, yeah, I, I do have my eye on Brimson at fullback. I think he's real good value at 350K, and he's got the dual 5.8 there. He's a perfect downgrade for Munster to free up some cash, and then you can bring Munster back um, whenever you want, really, because Brimson will make a ton of money. And just the way the Titans are playing, I expect him to get a fair share of attacking ball. So I'm definitely going to grab him. Yeah, fair enough, mate. And I don't mind. I just think this time of year, with all these trades in hand, um, I'm just not sure that it's the time for mid-rangers like him. I think you either want to be really be going guns and cheapies. And I know everyone's team's set up differently, so it does change on circumstance. But, you know, 359K, he's had two 80-minute games this year. The first one, albeit, was against the Roosters last week, 18 points in 80 minutes. I know it's the Roosters, but the Cowboys put up a bit. Uh, sorry, the Titans put up a bit of a fight there. Obviously, a ton on the weekend, but it's not so much a knock on him as a super coach player because I think he's a weapon. But just the fact that he's playing that Titans outfit, you know, they play the Raiders next week, who are a good defensive outfit. Bit risky for me, mate. But you know, you're the king of the pod, so I shouldn't argue. Um, Adam, who do you like in this game, mate? But I'm probably with you, Tim. I, I I wouldn't be going for Brimson myself. Like I think he's got. Last week was his first ever ton, so I rate him as a player. I think he's a very good player. I just, I'm just not sure he's a super coach player. Like last year, he averaged 0.6 points per minute. That feels like he's that sort of player without the kind of ceilings of last week. Maybe that was an aberration, but who knows? Maybe Des is right. I'm, I'm same as you. Johnson's pretty much the only player I've got in this game. Um, I couldn't captain him myself. I just think you'd be rolling such a roller coaster, mate. It's, you know, I remember last year. There was one round where everyone thought Johnson might go well and some teams captained him. I think he rolled out a seven or something crazy. So <laughs> um, he does have that in the bag as well. I think he's a great super coach player. I think he's a must-have in his side. I just couldn't captain him in front of, say, a Cleary or someone like that. Mm. Um, and I think Teddy would be a POD this week that I'd go for every day of the week before Johnson. But, um, yeah, that's probably my thoughts on those couple of blokes. Yeah, I'm getting some serious Scott Drinkwater vibes about AJ Brimson. Um, I think they're both really good footballers. I think Brimson's the better footballer, but just from Supercoach, I think they're going to have their highs. They're going to have their lows. Um, I'm not willing to take on those lows with Brimson. One guy that did pique my interest, oh, John Morris is killing Supercoaches who went with poor old Sione Katoa. They plenty sold because they thought he was going to play on the right wing, or the left wing when Muli Talo came back. Um, it didn't pan out that way. Muli Talo played on the left. Last week, they did shift. The Muli Talo played on the right outside SJ and went pretty well in the wet. Muli Talo, I rate him so highly as a footballer. He was a guy I was really looking at as a pod um, for this week's clash with the Titans in the centre wing. Um, but his base is really, really bad. I mean, his base is 18 per game, um, which scared me off a little bit. So there is a reliance on tries. But, you know, maybe one for the brave, brave super coaches out there. Let's take a look into the bold predictions of the week. We fired them up the last few weeks. Uh, we'll recap last week's firstly. Des, we'll start with you. <laughs> Cook and Hass to go 200 plus, fail. Ponga 120 plus, nailed it. That's a really good one from you, mate. You're a little bit more ballsy than I was on that. 
Cleary under 70, also a fail. So, look, it's an improvement on your first week. Um, what have you got for us this week? All right. Um, I'm going to stick with Cookie, but I'm going to combine him with Cam Murray this time for 180 plus, and one of them will score a try. Um, for my second one, I'm going to go against the grain here. I thought you guys are talking about Papali against Haas. I'm going to go Haas 100 plus against the Raiders. I think he's due a try, and he will really want to try and dominate um, Josh, Joshy Papali in that big Raiders park. So that's, Mate, that's the bold you one. You don't dominate Josh Papali. I think Payne Haas could. It's, no, it's, it's no, an origin no. matchup. Um, and then my third one, I'm going Latrell Mitchell, 120 plus against the Cowboys. Ooh, that's pretty bold. Like, I like bold predictions. They're ridiculous predictions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Recapping the Supercoach Spy last week. Oh, gee, I get enjoyment out of this. Ikevalu, 100-plus fail. Payne has 100-plus fail. Cleary, under 60, fail. Um, yeah, gee, I've said it every week, but geez, my sh- shoulders are getting sore carrying these fellas. <laughs> Munster, 120-plus fail, but he was on track to do that. Ponga, 100-plus, that's a win. For Tyler Mariner, under 60, that was another win. This week, I'm going with Mully Tarlow, two tries. Brimson to go sub-45. And Lomax to go sub 45. That might be more wishful thinking than anything, but that's what I'll go with. Adam, what have you got for us? Yeah, okay. Well, I'll, I'll add some ridiculousness as well. I'm going to, uh, I, I think I'm, I'm speaking through what I want to happen rather than what I actually believe. Yeah. Um, Jared Croker is finally going to actually get the ball and he's going to get over 100. Um, I just think the Broncos are absolute rubbish and I've been waiting for Croker to actually kick some goals against the team. So, Hopefully this is the week because he's killing me. Uh, I think I think Josh Papali. I'm, I'm the opposite. There's I think he'll he'll turn it up. He'll score against the Broncos because they're so weak in the middle. And you take TPJ out of that side. Yes. Weaker. And uh, again, probably wishful thinking. Damian Cook's actually going to run the ball this week. Last week he barely ran it the entire game because I captained him as a pod move. He killed me, but he's <laughs> going to run this week and he's going to get uh, 120 plus. Damien Cook to run the ball run the ball is a bold prediction in its own, mate. Oh. I, <laughs> I watched him so intently last week and I was texting my mates who are South fans saying, Why is this bloke not running? He's such a gun player. And he just wasn't running it. It was uh it was weird. But Bennett's saving him. I, I well Bennett's not even there. <laughs> who, who knows? Yeah. I say. Yeah. Um that's right. Nah, Good stuff, lads. We'll we'll recap that for next week. Moving on to the Cowboys and Rabbitohs, that game, it is at 5.30 on Saturday at QCB Stadium in Townsville. Uh, at the Cowboys, Scott Drinkwater returns from injury at fullback, bumping Hamiso Tabuai Fido to the wing in place of Justin O'Neill. John Asiata returns on the bench in place of Tom Gilbert. At the Rabbitohs, Jaden Sewer returns from suspension, bumping Liam Knight to the bench and Jack Johns to 18th man. Probably not a heap to touch on here, fellas, um, as there's nothing really going on at the Cowboys aside from the masses that own Jason Taumalolo. Probably a, a half-decent captaincy option up there this weekend with a few options opening up. Um, at the Bunnies, I mean, we've probably spoken a little bit about Damien Cook and Cam Murray. Um, I'll get your thoughts, Daz, on Cam Murray, who he's hit the skids a bit lately, but he's, still, he's played 80 minutes for the last two weeks. What's happening there, mate? Yeah, I think Cook and Murray are definitely due for some um, some some tries. Like last year, Cook was just feeding him close to the line, but maybe teams have worked it out a bit like they worked out the, 
what Pappenhausen does, I'm, I'm not sure. But I think Murray's got enough footwork and skill to get over. I think he's. Um, I think Lolo and Maguire will definitely have their hands full defending that middle third. Um, Michael Morgan, I think he's he just has to step up his game. It was it was depressing to watch that last week. He was terrible. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think the rabbits will show them any mercy in this one. Um, and I think Latrell has he's remained pretty quiet since returning, but this this is the sort of game that he'll just come out and explode like Ponga did last week and he'll go big, I reckon. Mate, he's a he's a guy we've spoken about for a few weeks. Latrell is a massive pot option. Um, I mean, sixty three last week, seventy four the week before. So the form's there. He's sort of he's thereabout. Are you tempted to bring him in this week? I'm not tempted to, but yeah. If I was in the top hundred, I'd be tempted to. Yeah. Uh, what, what's his ownership in the top hundred, Adam? Do we do we know? Eight percent. Eight percent. Yeah, that's that's it's definitely pod point, material. Yeah. So if um, it's me, I, yeah, if it's me and I'm you, Tim. I'm like beauty. There's eight teams I can take over. I, I just I call him tra- the trap for a reason. I reckon yeah. <laughs> Like he's averaging forty eight in the last five rounds. Like <clears throat> Tommy Talao's averaging more than him. You know, like. I know he's got he's a brilliant player and he can yeah. do it in a game. I just I'd just be taking him on myself. So uh base of base of seventeen per game at fullback. Like I can't wrap my head around that. Um oh, ninety two teams you can take over though. <laughs> uh, that's true. That is true. That's why that's why you need pods to, to make a move, is it? As, yeah. as you know more than anyone. I just I just think like a, a Stephen Crichton at eighteen percent. Over a Latrell Mitchell at eight percent, like eighteen yeah. is still a pot as well. I'd I'd go for a Crichton over a Latrell, but uh, no, that's that's yeah. Um, and any other players of interest for you in this one, Adam? Not really. As I said, Damian Cook was the guy that I brought in last week, and I was gutted with how he went. So I think about twenty eight percent of teams have got him now. So. Uh, I thought it might be more than that last week, but as I said, a lot of teams went for McInnes and Tavaga instead. So he's still a, a, a relative pot essentially, so hopefully he can go okay. Cam Murray, I'm a bit like you guys. I think he's a gun player. I thought the new rules would suit him, but he just he just hasn't been scoring those tries. So uh, you know, 18% of the top 100 got him. I, I don't think he's a premium second-row forward at this point, but yeah, outside of that, I keep waiting for Cody Walker to step up and do something, but... No, I just don't think there's a much out of that outside of those guys. And certainly for Cowboys, it's basically Taumalolo and, and that's it. And you say Michael Moore going to step up. I mean, he can't step down from the way he played last week. I thought he had an absolute <laughs> So moving on, Yeah, moving on to the Raiders and Broncos, Saturday, 7.35 p.m. at GAO Stadium, also known as the game where Josh Papali is going to eat the soul of Payne Haas and keep Des quiet and put him back in his place. Raiders unchanged with Hooker Saliva Havili overcoming a tricep injury. At the Broncos, TBJ is under a COVID hold. Ben Teo comes into the starting side and 22-year-old Jordan Ricky has been named to make his NRL debut from the bench. Backup hooker Isaac Luke has been relegated to the reserves. Corey Pax joins the bench for his seventh game of the season. Probably not too much to touch on at the Raiders as we've spoken about Josh Papali and John Bateman in a fair bit of depth already. Um, actually, we can probably get a few thoughts on John Bateman um, and at the Broncos. I mean, there's a fair bit going on again there. Des, I'll start with you, and a lot of questions came in on our socials this week about Bateman. Uh, must have or not? I think so. I, th- I think he is. Like He's he's definitely got those 100-plus scores in him, um, especially in a game like this. If the Broncos let themselves get run over, um, I think he'll go massive. He's got a huge ceiling on in a season like this. 
and his base is just is is good enough. It's the same as last year. We know what he's capable of. Um, even without the center wing jewel, I still think he's a must have. Yeah, I am. Um, I think he's a really good buy. I don't think he's a must have because second row is stacked and there's so many good options there. However, the Raiders do play the on the run home: Broncos, Titans, Bulldogs. Roosters, Dragons, Warriors, and Sharks. So it's a seriously friendly run home, and you'd be backing old Beto to get a few attacking stats in those games at some stage. So, yeah, have a good hard look at him. Um, Adam, who do you like in this fixture? Yeah, look, I'm a bit the same as you guys. I think um, I want to go against Bateman just because he's owned by so many teams already, and I think it's going to go up a lot this week. But when you look at Broncos, Titans, Bulldogs, and Dragons, and Warriors, like Mm. you kind of feel like he he may be a must-have, but I don't know, I kind of want to go for a David Fafita instead. Like David Fafita is owned by 5%. He can be a weapon. It's just a case of whether he steps up and tries to do it all himself for the Broncos. So I personally think at that at that pod level ownership, Fafita could be a guy that could um, be of interest versus a Bateman, but it's hard, to, it's hard to ignore that upcoming draw for Bateman. It's interesting, yeah. And Brisbane, I looked at their draw coming up. They have games against the Ra- uh, Raiders, Dragons, Roosters, and Panthers. Um, so Katoni Staggs, after flopping in last week's game, is now all of a sudden a bit of a worry. He has a becoming a little bit of a roller coaster, but he does have the kicking goal kicking to back him up a little bit there. Pat Carrigan is a guy who I've got been going to sell so many times, but circumstances of the Broncos and the injuries and other things going on there have just meant that he's been sort of the stalwart of the forward pack along with Payne Haas. Um, and now that that's happened, TPJ's gone. Carrigan's probably going to play big minutes again. So um, I'm still looking at maybe moving him on as a – not even as a massive anti-pod player. I just don't think he's probably in the elite front rowers. But with big minutes back, he's certainly not a concern. One thing I do like about Fafita and Staggs is with no Milf in the house, we touched on this last week, but – there's not a heap of attacking Crofts and Dearden, so all their strike power is on that right edge with Fafida and Stags. So I think they're going to get fed so, so much ball out there, um, which there's plenty of uh, chance to rack up attacking stats. So I don't mind that, particularly Fafida. Um, I think they're going to be relying on him probably a little bit too much, but he's a serious pod going forward. Um, Night Seagull, Sunday 2pm at McDonald Jones Stadium. At the Knights, Daniel Saifidi returns from injury at prop. He'll be a massive watch over the next week or two. Uh, brother Jacob reverts to the pine and Brody Jones drops out. At Manly, Brad Parker is back from a head knock, replacing Tavita Funa at centre. Taniella Paseca starts for the injured prop, Adam Fanua Blake. Marty Tapao has been named despite fight, failing a HIA last week. Edge forwards, Curtis Sieran and Joel Thompson are both back after being late scratchings last week. Hamole Olakatoa. Corey Waddell dropped to the interchange with Morgan Boyle back to 18th man. Um, Desi, your Seagulls here. Who do you like in this fixture? Well, we can't go past the man at the moment, Kalen Ponga. The question is, can he back it up? And I think I'm going to say, yes, he can. Um, yeah. I know Manly's defense is average on a good day. So if the Knights catch them napping, KP could just, it could be on for another 150, 50 plus score here. Um, Kurt Mann as well. I know you've got him, Timmy. He's, he'll be a solid watch in this one. Um, mm-hmm. He'll be up against some big manly forwards, Tapao and Jerbo. I like them. Um, DCE as well. Massive pod still. Um, scores. He seems to just score well no matter how manly go in the games. Um, he's just everywhere. He has to do everything at, right now. But, yeah, not much else to say other than Kalen Ponga, captain him again. 
KP, he is. Yeah, I'm. I'm seriously. Oh, I'm, I'm considering captaining Ponga. I tipped last week for the run home that he could average a hundred plus, and it's off to a good start. Um, I just worry about Manly. They just they're such really when they want to be, and that's more often than not. They're such a gritty team, and they can just turn up and be a powerhouse in defence. I'm just scared they can do that and stifle Ponga. But again, we we spoke of it last week, and it did come to fruition. But Blake Green on that left edge and Kurt Mann going to hooker, it's forced Kalen Ponga to play back on that left side. We have just rolled on about it all year on this podcast, but Ponga, get back to your freaking left edge. He was sort of forced into it last week because Blake Green's obviously more of a uh, an organiser than an out-and-out creator, and Ponga was just tearing him apart on that left edge. Um, and as long as that's the spine makeup, I don't see why Ponga's going to stop going there, and I think the attacking stats are going to come with it. So Ponga's a serious captaincy option for the rest of the year um, while it is like it is. And if you don't own him, I think you're off your rocker, and that's you, Des. So I think you should just get him in for RTS. Um, Adam, rant over. Adam, who do you like in this? Yeah, look, I think I think you're right about Ponga. I mean, I think he it's hard to not see him scoring well. And if I was you in the top 100, say, I'd be worried that I would say at least 20% of teams are going to have a crack at him. Yeah. So he's the sort of bloke that could post a, a monster score and that could be the difference between, you know, making the top 10 or not. So I'd be very tempted if I was near the lead to roll the dice on Ponga and, and you know, he, there's not many times he scored less than 50. I think only twice this year he scored less than 60. Even so, so he's a pretty reliable option. So I, I, I like Ponga. Um, Jake Trebojevic is the other guy that he suddenly snuck up. I, I, I kind of haven't been paying as much attention, but he's got the third highest five round average of any second rower. Um, the last two weeks he's got over 90, and his ownership has gone up as well. So he's he's gone up the 29% ownership in the top hundred. So. Uh, he's just one of those guys I've probably taken my eye off, but he's he's pretty heavily owned now uh, and scoring well. So it would be interesting to keep an eye on him. I'm against him at the moment. I love him as a bloke and a player, but uh, he's he's not in my side. Yeah, it's a good shout. I'm with you. He's, he's flown after being such a supercoach gun of the past. He's flown under the radar this season because his supercoach scoring went downhill. He's been on a roll the last sort of five or so weeks. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, last weekend, forty tackles, nineteen runs in the loss to the Warriors. Um, had a try assist to go with it, but still, there's some serious numbers. Moving on to the last game of the round: Tigers versus Bulldogs, Sunday, four oh five pm at Bankwest. I'll be saying goodbye to probably a couple of Tigers players after this week because they have the hardest run home in the NRL. At the Tigers, Jacob Little gets his first game since a horror knee injury last year. Moses Embai returns to centre. Tommy Talley out of the wing. Asu Capayo is out. Luke Garner's recording the back row with Chris Lawrence dropping to the bench and Sean Bloor out. Josh Reynolds returns on the bench following the season-ending injury to Billy Wallace. At the Dogs, Carrot Holland starts at centre for Jake Avarillo. Jack Cogger replaces the suspended Lachlan Lewis at halfback. Um, Desi, start with you, mate. Yeah, not too, too much going on here? Not too much at all, I think. No. Nofo and Luciano, maybe Faitala Marana, the three the three real players of relevance here. I think it'll be a pretty scrappy game, actually. Not many points mm. scored by either side, but I think Nofo and Luciano will be safe plays. They should score well. Um, but, yeah, it, it'll be an interesting game to watch and a close game, but real no real super coach interest for me. 
Yeah, um, this will be the last week I have Luciano in my side. He's plugged a hole all season for me with all these injuries. Um, I haven't played him a lot, but I've played him in the last few weeks and he's scored well. Hopefully he can score really well in this one and then I'll be upgrading him to an out-and-out gun at over 600K next week. Nofaluma, I think he showed on the weekend. Even in the drubbing, he scored 58 points with bugger all attacking stats. Um, so even with that run home, he's probably a guy I'll be holding but could antipod him as well. Um, your doggies, Adam, can they put up a fight here? Mate, I think they can win, but I thought they could beat the storm, the depleted storm team last week as well. So they and they and they really didn't go close. So um, we've got a pretty good record against the Tigers. So I, I do think they can uh, have a go here. And and with all the stuff going on at the Broncos, I'm hoping that we we see an opportunity to get at the bottom of the ladder. In saying that, there's no one super coach relevant really at the Dogs. I know Fatala Mariners are going well, but I, I couldn't have him in front of other players. Um, I'm I've been against Nofu all year. He's a gun player. It's killed me. But with 80% of the top 1,000 owning him, I have to oppose him and you just can't keep racking up these attacking stats and particularly with the draw, I'm going to say he's an antipod for me, uh, but it hasn't worked well so far, I should declare that. But if I was you, I'd be antipodding him if you had a chance. And and Luciano Lalua, to sum up my season, um, I think I sold him about five weeks ago and since then he now has the highest five-round average of any second row forward, so... Um, wow. All the pain and none of the, the joy with Luciano. Yep. But, I'm uh, the exact same as you. <laughs> <laughs> he's down to 6% ownership in the top 100. So for you, he's, a, he's an awesome pod for you this week against the Dogs, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, like it. Um, on to trades for this week. Des, what are you making? All right. For, so for my first trade, I'm thinking of going um, Jerome Luai to Brimson. I just I like him at fullback, and I think he's just going to make money, which could be a pathway for to Munster when he's back. It's yep. pretty much the only reason, but I think he's still definitely playable in your seventeen. Um, for for my second trade, I was going to trade out Carrigan, but actually I'm going to go Saifidi, um to my man Sean Lane. Oh, you're doing it! Yeah, I'm doing it. I know saifidi has been really good, but now that his brother's back um, and he's back on the bench. Um, yeah, he's going to get less minutes. So it's definitely time to throw Sean Lane into the mix. I've talked him up for quite some time now and I need to back it up and I need to chase some ranks. Mate, I like it. You've been calling him. You put him in your your Champion Pods article maybe over a month ago and he's gone really well since. So good to see you having a crack at that one. Adam, who, what are you doing? Well, as I said before, I'm screwed with one of them. I have to trade Cam Munster to a 5.8 to a half and I – so I'm probably going to bring in Dylan Brown, but I, I don't love it, but I, I have no choice there. The other trade, I'll probably trade Harry Grant out to, say, a Tohu or, or even a David Fafita just to get the pod value. So I'm, I'm still tossing it up. But um, as I say, I, I think I might have a crack at Fafita actually um, just to get the pod. But, yeah, not not loving my trade position this week actually. Yeah. That's right. I'd, I'd really like Fafita as a pod. I think he's – we know how good he can be. He's, the big thing, he played 80 minutes. It was his first game in so long last week, since pre-COVID, I'm pretty sure. Um, it was many, many months, and he played the 80 minutes, which has got to be pretty reassuring for you. And he, and he just he just looked angry. Like, he, he, he <laughs> his competitive streak, like, he, even though the Broncos are going like bustards and so many of them just didn't defend well, he he really wanted it, and he, and he wanted the, 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 the battle. So uh, I like that in him, and, yeah, I, I think yeah. I might have a crack. Nice. Uh, I'm very undecided on my trades, but looking at something lines uh, along the lines of nothing, Toby Rudolph, um, he's made a heap of cash for me, actually, far more than I ever thought he would. 
um, and then going probably Braden Williami at the Dragons to Mansour. Um, I'm really looking at stacking my centres now going forward, hopefully having six guns there and just being able to play the best matchups each week. Um, and I've also got Ryan Hall and Mitch Orbison there who I ha- would have to play one of otherwise. Um, and with that sort of depleted side against the Storm, I'm not really happy about playing either of them. So hopefully Joshy Mansour, but potentially Crichton as well. We've got to work that out. Um, Des, captains? Yeah, um, I think I'm just going to go for the safe VC on Teddy against Melbourne. Um, I don't expect him to get a loopable score, but you you never know. Um, and for the C, I'm just going to chuck it on Nathan Cleary. I think he's just so damn consistent that he's viable to captain any week against any team right now, especially the way Penrith are running. Yeah, I know the Raiders had um, a few out there, but in wet con- conditions, in what you thought was going to be a bit of a, gl- a grind, Cleary still put on 88. Um, so to think, yeah, what he could do this weekend against the Warriors, who, as we said, they have been pretty good, um, he could easily go 100 plus. What have you got, Adam? Yeah, look, oh, my, the way my team's set up in terms of numbers, I do have the opportunity to loop. So I'm probably, I'm, I'm tossing up between what Des just said, like VC Teddy, Captain Cleary or maybe just to make a bit of a move, I might VC Cleary and then Captain Ponga, um, hoping that, you know, if, if kind of then death riding Cleary because I think a lot of people will captain him but uh, and Ponga might be a PRD captain. So I'm, I'm going to go one of those two ways. I haven't worked it out yet. Nice. Um, at the moment, I'm, I think I'll definitely have VC on Teddy because – I just can't bring myself to watch that game if I don't have some sort of captaincy on him. And then C will either be Cleary or or Ponga. Yeah, that chat about Ponga before got me really excited. Then I was sort of talked myself into it a little bit. So uh, potentially him. SJ would be a really left field one, but I'll captain him as Hammy will go, and that'll be my season over. So, yeah, probably Ponga or Cleary for me. Lads, we'll wrap it up by taking a few questions, and then we'll go from there. First up from Mike, from Mike and Sav's show. Hey, lads, love your work. That's reciprocated, boys. This will be a popular question, but do we see Carrigan as a sell, even though TPJ out for two and his minutes will increase? I think he could potentially lose minutes when he returns. I mean, this question was posted before today's news that TPJ may be getting the action from the Broncos. That is unconfirmed at this stage. Um, just conflicted between Tapao versus Carrigan, and who would you sell? Des, I'll start with you. Um, that's a tough one. Tapao's he looked dangerous last week. He was he was on for a monster before he got knocked out. So I'd I'd actually probably sell Carrigan over Tapao. But yeah, with the news that TBJ is probably not coming back, I don't think I don't think I could sell either yet. Mm. Um, yeah, and that's and then uh, Fanua Blake out as well, which may or may not help Tapao. Adam, what would you do there? Yeah, look, I, I think Carrigan's a hold for me. I, I think he's a definite hold. I I just like his dual second row, uh, front row status as well. Like there's not that many of those blokes around and you never know when you might need that down the track. And and as I've been putting in my articles, like when you look at the scores of the front rowers, like they're all scoring pretty similar. So I just I'm not sure Carrigan's the guy to trade out at the moment, but I, I can see why you might for a a Papali or a Takiaho, I guess. But um, mm. yeah, I, I personally would hold. Yeah, I'm with you, mate. I'll be going to power first. I, I haven't liked to power at all as a Supercoach player this year, averaging 59 per game, which is certainly decent. But the issue is he's averaging 44 minutes. That's with one game where he only played nine minutes due to injury. But oh, just he's not getting the numbers to me. I'm thinking I've just I've got them up here, and he has one 190 to his name, which had a try in it, and I think a line break. He has a 75, and besides that, he hasn't scored over 70. So 
just not the ceiling there, and he needs to do big things in short minutes to warrant doing it. So I'd be trading out Marty Tapao first for sure, particularly with the news of TPJ now. Um, what have we else have we got? Jackson Turner. Um, this one caught my eye because I, I didn't hate it at all. Thoughts on Mitch Barnett as a pod? I'm not sure how closely you blokes have watched him, but he's been seriously playing good footy the last few weeks. Des, Mitch Barnett? Yeah, I haven't been watching him at all, really. What, what's he averaging? Do we know? Um, I can get it up very quickly. Um, but he's come back, come back from injury. That's probably one one bit of an issue with him. He's always on the ground. But last three weeks, he's played 72, 71, 78 minutes for scores of 68, 62, and 79 um, with base, some like 50 plus base in them. Right, yeah. And how much is he? 520. Yeah, see, he's just too much of a mid ranger. You wouldn't want to bring him. I think there's just better pods out there, to be honest. Mm. He's, you need someone with like 100-plus ceiling right now to catch up. I wouldn't do it. I don't think he's got 100-plus ceiling unless he's going to keep scoring tries. Yeah. Adam? Yeah, I'm probably the same. I, I, I love him as a player. I think he's been playing really well. I think he's been he's been really noticeable because he's been charging out of the line and smashing blokes in defence. I actually had him at the end of last year. So he, he was good to me. He got two tons in his last four games. So he was he was good to me. But for the same price, you can get David Fafida. And Ooh. I take Fafida every day of the week over Barnett. Yeah, that's a good call, really good call. Dan S91. Originally I looked at this one, I thought, no way. But he makes a point. Given Ponga's form, is he a straight swap for Pappy? <clears throat> Already have Teddy, though just worried that it's a burnt trade due to Pappy being more involved when Munster is out of the team. Um, so what intrigues me about that is, I mean, I think we'll probably all say that Pappy to Pong is the good trade this week, particularly with the Roosters matchup. But give us your thoughts on that. But also, I don't have the exact numbers with me, but Pappy without Munster in the team has scored very, very well this year. Des? Yeah, I, I don't mind it. Um, I think... Yeah, I, I think you have to go Ponga though still with the goal yeah. kicking. Um, I've had Puppy most of the year. I only sold him just recently. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I think you have to get Ponga in. I'm, I might actually bring him in this week now. Yes. Almost talking myself around to it. Um, but, yeah, Munster's not going to be out long. So hmm. I don't, I don't yeah. think so. I think it's worth doing. Yeah, I, I do like it, and I'm intrigued to see how Pappy goes without Munster, but I think just get Ponger in. He's, he's on a tear. Um, Deep Longstop, great name. Do you see any hope for George Williams with the good run coming up, Adam? Uh, no. <laughs> no, me either. Um, good answer. Nigel Plum Shoulder, that's, again, the best name on Twitter. Which one should I bring in out of five options here? Um, let's assume that he's loaded in every position and he just wants the best pod or the best scoring player. Uh, Crichton, so I'm going to say that's Stephen Crichton, John Bateman, Junior Paulo, TKO or Mully Talo. Dez of those five. Uh, Adam's not, not going to like my answer here, but it's definitely TKO. Um, <laughs> he, he's definitely the one to bring in, 100%. He's going to average like 90 if um, if he keeps with the goal kicking. Mate, you've said that now, and then there's going to be 20,000 super coaches that swarm to TKO, and Adam's lost his pod. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Adam, would you be TKO out of those as well? or? Yeah, I think I think uh, given the ownership percentages, I would. 
I think he's the um, he's the guy in that group. But as I said, I, th- I do think there are other options. There. I, like he didn't have that dude didn't have a feeder in there. Like I said, I, I think Fafita is just a good option, and I, I suspect he de- most most people wouldn't have him in their team. So I, I think there are other options. If 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 Angus Crichton had come back this week, I probably would have said him actually. But um, but yeah, of that group, I, I think Takiyaho. Yeah, um, I still don't mind Bateman. Or I don't not mind him. I think he's a great buy. Reason being. I wish there was a bit more word around when, when these Roosters players were back from the pack um, because <clears throat> I can't see Flanagan being out for too long. Um, Tico loses the kicking, in which case he's still a decent buy and he'll be a solid player, but all of a sudden it becomes very sideways and he does the job of a lot of front rowers, um, whereas Bateman, I think, has got that upside for the rest of the year. Um, so I really like Bateman in that one. Um, Julian Leggy asks, Clemmer versus TKO versus Papali. Des? Uh, TKO, TKO yeah, yeah, 100%. He's, he'll average 90 if he keeps the kick in. And we actually we do not know if Flano is going to be back. He might be dropped for good. Yeah. Matt, well, that's a fair shout, to be fair. I haven't even considered that, but it's something yeah, you have to consider. If he does kick for the rest of the year, well, then he will be a must-have. So, uh, I think um, is a good option there as well. I just think Clemmer's like, – to me, it's just TKO and Papali, well clear of Clemmer for me, but – yeah. I'm with you, mate. I'm, Clem has never interested me in Super Oh, Last year, to be fair, he probably did a little bit, but just no upside in him. He, he never scores. He never busts the line. He's just all base, which is a credit, but you want those 100-plus scores. And I really like Papali in that lot, to be honest. He's um he's pretty low ownership. I think he was 10% in the top 20,000 or top 1,000. So goodbye. Love this one from Matty Broom. Left field option. That's an understatement. Thoughts on Heimel Hunt, given the night's soft remaining draw. Average base is 30, which is pretty solid. It is indeed. Adam, Heimel Hunt. Uh, I'd be interested <laughs> Matthew Broom. Um, no. no I, I, to be honest, he doesn't even make – I've got a lot of centres in my tables for a look at yeah. the ownership. Heimel Hunt hasn't even come into consideration. <laughs> he's barely scored a 50 all season. Maybe I think he's got three. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd see him as super coach, irrelevant. If you want a super pot at the Knights with their run home, I've had a bit of a look at them. Not would I ever be doing it, but Stafford Toa on the left wing purely because of what we said about Pongle before and playing on that left edge, I think the left winger. If Eddie Lee was there, he'd be the smokiest pot ever. Um, but I think with their run, and I think we get more ball with Green in the side, is Mitch Pierce. We know Pierce can go big. People looking to trade out Munster this week. Again, I don't have the nads to do it, but Pierce, he's a real smoky one. We know what he can do when he's on a bit of a, a bit of a roll. Um, and I think the Knights are building towards something. A few, a few key players back, um, just one to keep an eye on. We'll wrap it up here with Aaron Cross. Appy or McInnes for Harry Grant? He already has Jazz Tavanga. Des, Appy or McInnes? Well, it depends where you're ranked, like Adam said. Um, McGuinness is owned by everyone high up by now, but realistically he's going to outscore Appy, you'd think. So mm. I'd, I'd say McGuinness, but Appy for a pod if you're looking to chase ranks, maybe. Adam, who would you go? Yeah, I'd go McGuinness because I think Appy's, uh, like I said, he's up to 20% ownership, 30% ownership in the top 20,000, so he's less of a pod than he should be. And... The reason I go McInnes of that group is because of his dual hooker second row status. And I just think when Cameron Smith comes back, I'd be finding a way to get McInnes back to second row and get Cameron Smith in. And, and Cameron Smith might become a handy pot at that point. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be 
I'd be going McInnes in the short term. Yeah, it's a good differentiator, that um, dual positioning. It's, it's so, so handy. I mean, I mean, I think a lot of us have wanted to get rid of Jerome Luai all year, but that dual he's got in the halves, particularly with most people owning uh, SJ, you can just you never understate how important it is. So, yeah, probably not a bad shout on McInnes for that reason. Uh, lads, good chat tonight. Thank you for that one. Desi, cheers, mate. Yeah, pleasure as always, boys. Adam Strong on debut. No worries. Thanks, mate. Thank you for having me. Enjoy it. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thanks for tuning in.